0: If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it. And healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.
1: Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Have you been feeling stressed or overwhelmed in your personal or
0: professional life? You have no idea.
1: I think you should register for the free Stress Solution Series to learn how to craft your personalized stress blueprint. Secure your spot at www.stresssolutionseries.com. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, Arnise Williams. How are you today? I'm excellent. No complaint. I am so happy that you are here. I'm so excited to talk to you about who you are and what you're doing in the world. So Mm -hmm. let's start off by you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what made you go into nursing initially.
2: Yeah. So I've been a nurse for almost 14 years. Um, I was raised by elderly grandparents. And so I got to experience a lot of healthcare issues with them. And at that time, you know, going to their primary care doctor, it was small, it was intimate, it was family oriented. We lived in a small town, so we just knew everyone and they always received such great care. And so it, put a, a good light onto like the medical world and definitely into nursing. And so I was like, you know what, I want to become a nurse. Um, and I thought maybe I would go on and become a doctor or in any other type of, um, advanced practitioner at that time. That's of course, before I knew what it took to become a doctor. Uh, and I got into nursing and I truly loved it. Um, I still love, love it to this day. It is definitely one of the best decisions I ever made um, because I love people. I love caring for others. Like just everything that nursing is, is, is just aligns with who I am. And so that's how I originally got into nursing and stayed in it so long because I really, really love what I do. Nursing is such a dynamic
1: career. I mean, we could do so much and we're going to kind of dig into that a little more. But I think um, as a nurse, you could just do so much with your degree, with your experience. And I think, you know, with this pandemic Nurses are realizing that.
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely Definitely opening our eyes to opportunities. I think we definitely go to school with a very narrow view of what's possible and you're told like these are your options. And then you get out there and you realize it's limitless. Like nurses are really, really leading the way in a lot of ways.
1: Absolutely. And what was your area of specialty? When you I were started,
2: next. yeah, I started in the operating room, uh, which was very exciting. I was a urology nurse and that was cool, <laughs> but I got to experience trauma and transplant and GYN and ENT. So that was a great experience. I left there, went into pre-op PACU. Um, then I went into like I've done hospice, I've worked on a cardiology unit, I've worked at a federally qualified healthcare center, and then most recently I was a travel nurse and then a vaccine nurse um, for for a community health center. So everything <laughs> except peds <laughs> and ER.
1: Typical nursing career though. We're like yes. all over the place. And sometimes we go. get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's a wealth of experience, which is amazing. And I know you said you did travel nursing. So you were traveling during the pandemic. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. So when things kind of kicked off in March of 2020, I cannot believe that's been so long ago. No. I decided to leave my job, become a travel nurse. I stayed local in New York and then I took my last assignment in Maryland.
1: Talk to us a little bit about that experience of being in the hospital during this pandemic, because we know this pandemic has shifted us personally and professionally. And then you being out there traveling, even though it was locally, just tell us a little bit about that experience, you know, transitioning from a nurse working in the hospital to a nurse working in a hospital during a pandemic.
2: Yeah. So, you know, working as a nurse in the hospital, it was always short staffing. There were always issues. It could be weather. It could be anything that would lead to, like we were already on the edge on a bright sunny day. Um, Let something just happen. It's a holiday. It's a weekend and rain. Oh my goodness. Now we're really stretched. And so you saw that exacerbated in a way That I think we've never seen before, where not only are we short staffed on the nursing side, but also the CNA side, also the janitorial side, the food staff, like everyone is short. So it's 3 p.m. and our people have, you know, our patients haven't had lunch. And we're like, okay, wait, how? And it's like, there are no other options. It's not like we can go get the lunch ourselves or there's another option for us to feed our patients. And we can't give medications because we haven't fed the patients. And so the actual impact of the pandemic. I think we focus specifically on the healthcare providers and the the short staff, like those situations, but we're not even talking about the pharmacy and the janitorial staff. And we're not talking about the administrative staff, the people who actually keep the hospital running, security, um, ballet, like all of those people were impacted just as heavily as we were in a way that I think that we just have not really fully realized or are even discussing. And that impact then of course impacted the patients as well. And so um I really hope that one day we can really take a look at the dynamic experience that everyone has had to endure, because that truth will then realize the holes that are in the entire system and how we need to fix those holes from the way the minute the person walks into the door all the way up to executive leadership.
1: Yes, you bring up a really good point. Um I know, like me, myself, I focus on nurses because I'm a nurse, right? Yeah. And you know, I think we had, like you said, we had our problems before the pandemic. They were exacerbated or amplified when the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. but I think, yeah, the the whole system within Mm -hmm. itself definitely suffered and um, experienced uh, multiple shifts. Mm -hmm. And I think now is a good time because now people are listening. They're realizing Mm -hmm what healthcare is about, mm-hmm. uh, what gaps we have. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about burnout. I know stress and burnout are something, same thing, something we were experiencing before the pandemic mm-hmm. along with the shortage, but was amplified and exacerbated. Um, when the pandemic hit, and I know you have some personal experience with that too, so I would love to just just hear your experience in terms. Yeah,
2: of I think going into the hospital, people who were travelers who were coming in either as first time travelers or even people who've been travelers for a long time, were coming to help put out a fire this wasn't a fire this was an actual like inferno that has continued to burn and really take up the lives and the energy and the resources of our country and I think that's what is missed like we came to put out a fire and nobody has addressed the fact that the fire never stopped burning and it continued to spread into so many different directions and so it quickly we quickly realized like okay hold on one we are exposing ourselves to something that could kill us that could kill our family um, and it, it's Only, but so you know, long that you can stay in a hotel, or stay away from your kids, or stay away from your spouse, and so now you're like, okay, we're all going to be in the same space. I know that I'm being exposed what is the impact of that to me, to my family? And so for, for me, I was able to work and you know, I stayed local in New York. And then when I took my last assignment in Maryland, I was like, this is crazy. Like your expectations of me as a person is not truly realistic. And because of that, not only am I putting my license on the line, I'm also putting my life on the line. And mm-hmm. that to me is not worth, I don't care how much I'm getting paid. And I think I had reached, reached a point of just this is not going to work. Like I can't, I can no longer cope there. This isn't just burnout. This is something that it's beyond that I don't even think there's a name for it yet because this isn't like burnout. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. No, this is like, this is impossible. And I can't even function in this chaos. Um, And so I left the my last travel assignment and went to work in an outpatient vaccine clinic, which was supposed to be normal and like not crazy. But then it became extremely hectic and extremely overwhelming when they started offering incentives in New York for people to get vaccines. And then we were short because we first we didn't have a lot of people getting vaccinated. Then we had a lot of people getting vaccinated. Then the mandates were coming down, but they were coming down on a Friday. And then we had to start enforcing it on a Monday, but we hadn't had time to replenish our supplies, our staff, all of those things. And so... I quickly realized, like, okay, I had already relaunched my law practice in 2020, but I was like, I need to get out of healthcare because there's no way that I can impact the people the way that I want to if I'm in the chaos. Like, I just can't. And for me, I had i have been a nurse, like I said, almost 14 years. I've been through it. I've served my time. I've given all that I could give. And in a, in a way, I think we feel indebted not to hospitals or organizations, but to our colleagues yes. because if I am a able-bodied person who is now leaving the profession they are losing a lot. And every person that leaves the profession is a huge loss and a huge impact on us. And so for me, I was like, I I know that it's a huge loss to my community, but I have to take care of myself. And that is something I think we've never done before. And it's never been a conversation that we've had comfortably.
1: Absolutely. And and what you're saying, that whole, you know, the um, intangible feeling, Mm -hmm. it's more like it it impacts your soul. Mm
0: -hmm. It's
1: not even like just physically, but it's like that not even, like cellular soul yeah. type. You just feel so drained, mm-hmm. which impacts your whole mm-hmm. world. Yeah. So, yeah. so good for you. And you, you alluded to, you know, your law practice. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about, um, you know, you were in nursing, then decided to go to law school. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and yeah. then how you utilize that to, you know, transition out of healthcare into law?
2: Yeah, so uh, three about three years into being a nurse, a lot of my cl- classmates and colleagues were going to become nurse practitioners or CRNAs, and so I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a larger impact, and I really wanted to get a policy degree. But I saw that it could be very limited. Like policy is very specific, and I wanted something where I could potentially do policy, but I could do a lot of other things as well. And so I decided that the law degree was going to be um, that option. I didn't have any examples of nurses who were lawyers. I didn't know anybody. I was searching and kept asking and nobody knew anyone who, who was a nurse and a lawyer. And I didn't necessarily know how I was going to bridge the gap and like bring it all together. But I had a vision. I had an idea. The Affordable Care Act was coming out. The politics and conversation around healthcare was buzzing during that time about like change is coming. Like this is the big wave. Uh-huh. And this that was supposed to be a huge moment in transition and change for us in a way that there was supposed to be more access, more quality, more opportunity for healthcare systems and patients who were in the healthcare system to receive better care. Hasn't quite happened in that way, but that was the conversation, that was the energy, that was the buzz. I lived in D.C. You know, everybody's political about something, and so I went back to law school in D.C. and I was then exposed to the criminal justice system, the housing system, uh, financials, and and the and I was like, hold on, like the everybody is a mess. It's not just healthcare and the impact and the actual connection between people having quality care then keeping them out of the criminal justice system, having stable housing, having access to a job, having access to transportation, equal pay, all of those things are so interconnected, but we silo healthcare off in its own world because it has its own budget and criminal justice is in its own world and it has its own budget and all of these other things. But in reality, they're so interconnected that we're missing out on an opportunity to ensure people's quality of life by addressing them all and not just one at a time. And so then I was overwhelmed with like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I now have am equipped with enough information and exposure to really create change, but I didn't know how it could be done. And like I said, there was no one telling me, this is how nurses do this. This is how you bring your law degree together. As I began to meet more nurses who were in, who were lawyers, they were risk managers, they worked in hospitals and healthcare systems, or they were litigators, things that I didn't necessarily want to do. But I tried to go after the only examples that I had in front of me, right? That's why examples and, you know, seeing people do something different is so important. And so then I just didn't, feel comfortable. I was like, I don't want to do that. So I ended up getting back into healthcare and that's how I had all these other jobs and hospice and, you know, federally qualified healthcare center and working on telemetry unit. But the nagging of there's something bigger here. There's something more, the vision was still there. And one day I looked up and six, seven years had passed by and I was like, Oh wait, hold on. I've graduated from law school. I passed the bar. I opened my law practice originally in 2017 doing med mal and personal injury hated it because it was the same thing that I was doing as a nurse. People had already experienced the trauma. I don't want to deal with post-traumatic issues. I want to do deal with prevention. And I just said, okay, I'll figure it out later. And then later, just years time really does fly as much as we're like, no time. Like it feels like the days are long, but the years are short. You know, those, those sayings really start to pick up as you get older, you realize like they're not lying. And the pandemic was my eye opener. I was miserable. I really had to finally sit because I had nowhere to go. I had nothing to do. I wasn't running errands. I wasn't working five days a week and then, you know, doing activities on the weekend with my kids. I had to sit in silence and be like, you're miserable. You're unhappy. What are you supposed to be doing? You have a mission. You had a vision. Get back to it. I relaunched my law practice in the summer, early fall, of 2020, focusing mostly on work with nurses and nurse practitioners who are opening up businesses. I was mainly working with nurse practitioners who were getting into primary practice, but then I stumbled into this aesthetics and beauty and wellness world where nurses and nurse practitioners and others are getting into this space. And because I understood the scope of practice and the regulatory issues on the clinical side, it was very easy for me to pick up everything else. And so suddenly I became like this expert in an area that nobody's talking to. And as I began to listen to some of the issues of those who are still in direct patient care, so their challenges with documentation and malpractice, so I started creating resources and tools for that. But then I also started listening to the healthcare business world and what where was the gap? And the gap was nobody understands scope of practice and what nurses and nurse practitioners can and can't do, as well as like the typical business law thing. And so bridging that gap and put it, pulling that together for nurses and nurse practitioners and other healthcare workers who are interested in starting those businesses has kind to become my life. So from January, to, like I said, 2021, I had maybe like five clients less than that. And by the end of 2021, I had 50 clients. I had 100, you know, plus uh, consultations. I had taught thousands of people in my courses and webinars and speaking engagements. Like that is how quickly things took off. But it was all like people see like, oh, you blew up overnight. And I'm like, hold on, I've been to school. Like I went to college for lots of years. I've worked many years. Those experiences as a nurse have truly come and handy to create solutions for people who are just like me, right? As much as I'm no longer working as a nurse, I'm always going to be a nurse. Nursing is who I am. I just happen to also have a law degree. Like that's the extra, what I tell people. It just helps validate my experience. It helps give people more, a different perspective. And then it allows me to be in rooms that nurses just can't be in just because they're You know, there's so many of us and they don't feel that we deserve that space. And so I can enter into those spaces and speak up for us in a way that really hasn't been done before.
1: So you're a trailblazer trying never mind to be an expert never mind expert <laughs> i mean you created your own lane Definitely. right and and you're yeah. still helping nurses. you're still contributing to the profession just in a different mm-hmm. way and like you said you can be at the table or you can help us build the table that we need right that
2: part, <laughs> so- that part. <laughs>
1: So that is amazing. And I know that you're not just like a nurse lawyer because you offer so many different services. It made me think of holistic when I was, you know, looking at your website. You're not just, you know, litigation, and attorney giving advice, but you have like courses, you speak. Um, tell us a little bit about your courses and who you're serving. Who, who's your ideal client? Who are you working with now? Yeah. How, why would somebody need to get to know you?
2: Yeah. So essentially the foundation of what I wanted to build my business for people who were still in working in direct patient care, there's a huge misunderstanding of what medical malpractice is and how it works. And there's this fear in which we operate and where we're throwing each other under the bus. We're not effectively communicating. We're treating our patients in a way as if they're the people, they're the enemy, not understanding that we together, the providers, um, the system, the insurance pharmacy, all of us, we, if we work together to serve the patient and keep this patient focused, like we could actually do a lot of good. And so I started to build tools and resources for those who are still in direct patient care. So there are on-demand courses on documentation, on mitigating malpractice, some guides to teach you what I look for as a, an attorney when I'm reviewing a chart so that you can understand what you should be documenting and then get rid of the rest. I teach people how to be effective and efficient in their documentation to save them time, but also to ensure that this is an appropriate tool for everyone to be able to access and use in a way. So that's what I did for direct patient care because although I am serving the business community, my heart is still very much there to ensure that we can decrease litigation. Litigation is not beneficial to anyone. Medical malpractice lawsuits do not help the patient. They do not help us. They only help the patient because now they are essentially getting money. But if they're in pain, if they have experienced, actually damage there's no amount of money in this world that can actually replace someone's life or someone's long-term harm so our goal is to get away from having so many lawsuits that are impacting our patients due to our own medical errors So that's kind of how it all started. And then I started listening to the business community and some of the gaps. People would come to me and say, hey, I need an attorney in my state. I would refer them. Nobody knows what they're talking about. Nobody understands scope of practice. Nobody understands Botox and fillers and who can do what and who can do when and like what documents were needed. And so I created a healthcare business starter kit to help those who are getting into business have all of the tools they need and not just really on the legal side, but also on the compliance side, because that's what I really focus on. Making sure you understand when you're hiring people what you what documents you need, how you need to onboard, what policies and procedures you need, what trainings that you really should have, HIPAA and OSHA and all of these different tools and resources, as well as something that we don't talk about as small businesses is data privacy, which is getting bigger and bigger in our healthcare community because we're the people who are being hacked because we have all of the information. And so I created this healthcare business starter kit, not only is to give people the tools and resources, but also as a way for me to stay connected to them. So I could email them and say, hey, this new law came out or this new regulation came out. Here's some information about it. Here's some resources. If you need something, here's some questions that you need to ask. These people can now use those tools and resources to help build their business, generate revenue, and then be able to bring on their own legal team, people who they can reach out to to kind of help them build different elements of the business. But most people don't know an attorney. Most people are not going to seek out an attorney because they can't think they don't think they can afford them. And so they then fall into the trap of taking, bringing on risk and liabilities to their business that they can have eventually avoided if they just had some help. And then what I really hate is that people have to go from attorney for the contracts, they have to go to a healthcare consultant for the policies, they have to go to an HR specialist for the onboarding, and then they've spent so much money and haven't generated a dollar. And so this gives them a one-stop shop just to get started, to be, give some beginner tools as a business owner to help builds. My clients who I've had for a long time, who essentially were my guinea pigs as I began to build this tool, they're using them in a way, like as they're onboarding and bringing on people, it's like, this is so easy because it's literally a one-stop shop. So I have that. And then as I began to work with uh, healthcare business owners, people didn't understand the basics of business. And I was like, wait, you can't make money if you don't understand The complexities of business. Business is not just bringing in money. There's so much more to the story. So I created a business boot camp, and it's I say 66 days, but it's really about 12 weeks. And we do six teaching sessions, six Q and A's, and we talk about everything that you need to know, so that even if you don't need it for today, you can have it for tomorrow, a year from now, three years from now. And I have a few nurses and nurse practitioners who are in the initial program, and they are like, I can't believe this. Like I didn't think of any of this. I never heard of any of this. I wouldn't have even known. About this, if I hadn't entered into this program, so it's a way for me to bridge multiple gaps. That is my my goal to bridge the gap for my community, whether it's in direct patient care, whether it's in um, you know in business, or whether it's even in personal professional development. I'm very transparent with people. The road has a been easy, right? It, it took a lot for me to turn around and say. Yes, I can be a nurse. Yes, it's so easy for me to be a nurse. I can do it with my eyes, closed. but there's more for me to do. And breaking out of my shell and out of my comfort zone was just as difficult for me as it is for some of those who are just kind of getting started.
1: Well, I feel like everyone needs to know who you are. And everyone <laughs> needs to look you up and be in your world because, yes. you know, what you just said, all nurses, nurse practitioners in health and wellness, there's a lot of us out there Need to really be in your world because you have it all. And even nurses who aren't in health and wellness, I think that knowledge mm-hmm. is so pertinent. So they need to be in your world. So whoever's listening to this, you need to tap into um, you need to tap in, you need to, to get engaged, you know, in in courses or that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while you're talking, I'm thinking like, we need another, you need to duplicate yourself, you know, <laughs> how are you doing all this? But I guess mm-hmm. when you're automated and organizing, mm-hmm. you're serving, it becomes easy. Yeah. So my question for you is, do you work with nurses across the nation?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyone can take my courses and download the healthcare business starter kit. And I do a lot of consultations with nurses, even if they, I can't bring them on as a full-time client to really help them just understand where to begin. Because what it, it, it's tough to pay an attorney thousands of dollars and you're still stuck at square one. And so many times they come with me with the questions that other attorneys can't answer. Like, who should I call? What do I do? How do I start this? What should I do first? And so a lot of my consultations are with nurses across the country. Um, and so all of my business, like my courses and things like that are open to anyone because it's not state specific. These are just general principles that everyone c- it can apply to. And even with the compliance, I work with cl- clients across the country because we really focus on like federal law. So HIPAA and OSHA and, you know, the, the data privacy that's it's impacting everyone, making sure that you're following EEOC um, laws and things that are not discriminatory. Make sure your job descriptions are actually accurate and not essentially, you know, discriminatory in a way that could impact you or your business. And so, um that that is kind of how i've been able to work with those clients Um, i don't take on a lot of legal clients i don't file lawsuits and i don't do civil litigation and things like that so it's not as state specific but i am bringing on another attorney who does have the capacity to do that who's licensed in a few more states so if we run into those issues we kind of have that support system and then i also refer clients out to people who i know are competent who i've worked very closely with who can help them do all of the things that needs to be done to help them grow their business
1: Yeah. So, you know, I would just say anyone who's listening, who's in the health and wellness space, I think a consultation with you would be wise, Mm -hmm. you know, even if they don't work with you, you can just guide them and let them know they're on the right track because Mm -hmm. they come to you and they leave with so much more. It's not like just one thing, but it's really a holistic approach, you know, and just Mm -hmm. being a nurse too. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That that's, that's just amazing. So how can people get in contact with you?
2: Yes, you can find me on all social media platforms as Your Nurse Lawyer. Um, and I am on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, (laughs) anything that there, Pinterest, I've opened up an account to have a presence. And then you can check me out on my website at erniecewilliams.com. I'm sure she'll link it in the show notes. So you'll have direct access, which gives you an update on some of the services and programs that I have going on. Um, but definitely stay and get connected. Um, I have a YouTube page that was coming out with more business content as well. My Instagram is dozens of posts about both healthcare and business and all of the things in between. Um, so there's so much to learn and I'm always, always trying to serve my community by giving them the things that they, they need.
1: Ernest, you are amazing. And I just want to say that I'm just so proud of you. I, I don't know. I just feel like to say that, like you just warm my heart and you're doing such great things for the community, um, I can like cry right now, but I don't
0: know why. I
1: feel (laughs) feel so so good about what you're doing, and it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. So before we wrap up, I do want to take you through a rapid fire. Is that okay? Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, yes, I like these.
1: (laughs) Awesome, awesome. We will have to have you back. Stay connected. If you have something going on that we need to get out to the listeners, please just come back on. And this is our platform. It's not just my platform. It's our platform.
2: So I will
1: all right so let's get to the rapid fire so wellness means
2: wellness means really taking account how you feel and not denying how you feel i think many times as nurses we don't feel well or we don't feel good about something and we just push through for the sake of others Um, and this is one of the first times in my life where i've had to say wellness isn't pushing through. (laughs) Wellness is actually Mm -hmm. sitting down and taking into account how you're really feeling and then dealing with those feelings instead of just kind of um, putting them under, you know, your emotions or your feelings or whatever else you have going on. Absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. I know I'm
2: stressed when? I know I'm stressed (laughs) when I am not eating or sleeping which is often in business because I always feel like there's something to do. But yeah, I know that's when I know them. I'm, I'm the most stressed.
1: And your stress management solution is?
2: Um, alarm clock. So I set alarms for 10 p.m. to remind me to slow down, to stop and not start another project. Um, therapy and reminding my therapist, allowing reminding my therapist that I'm struggling and telling her and being honest about where I am. Um, and it's actually just being, you know, giving myself some grace which i think i extend very well to others but i struggle to extend to myself.
1: And thank you for bringing up therapy. I think it's a norm everyone should have a therapist whether you have a diagnosis or not it's just nice to have that person to talk to mm-hmm. or a coach right you just yes. you need you need that sounding Somebody. board. <laughs> yes. Uh the last self-help or personal development book i read was
2: Oh, I read a lot of business books. <laughs> I'm trying to think what type of self-help book. Oh, my, I, can, I want to talk about my favorite book, which is called Ikiagi. So it's I-K-I-A-G-I. And it, that was the book that really changed my life that reminded me that I can live a life with ease and that everything doesn't have to be a struggle which has been very hard for me because I lived a very tough life. And so everything has always been a struggle. And so to have someone remind you that there's a world out there, a community out there, a whole nation of people who are living life with ease and happy reminds me that when things start to come easy for me, that's not because I'm doing it wrong. It's actually the right place and where I'm supposed to be. So I definitely suggest that book.
1: I love Ikigai. What do yes,
2: Ikigai, yes. Yep. What does
1: <laughs> yes. the world need? What can you get paid yes. for? Yes. And what you're saying, I know we're in rapid fire, but it's, you're aligned Mm -hmm. when it comes easy. You are aligned and you're Mm -hmm. doing it. So if it's easy and it's sweet, mm, just enjoy it.
2: Enjoy it, which we don't do. We go look for the struggle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. 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 Uh, so next question is last time I had a belly laugh was.
2: Um, last time I had a belly laugh. Probably was this weekend. Like I have a four-year-old, and he's just hilarious, and acts like he's hurt, and he really is. Like he's just a, such a comedian. Um, and he has a lot of his own challenges with his allergies and eczema, but his personality is so bright. So seeing him in action and grow is like, oh my goodness, life is good.
1: Awesome. And what advice would you give to a nurse that's up and coming right now?
2: Uh, Trust the process. Um, I think we're in an age and an era where we rush through things and I don't think you have to take seven years to figure it out, but I do think that you have to trust the process and every foundational step that you take to build your career or your business or your family or what, it takes time and it's not gonna be perfect. And so um, as we see and get to see more examples of people who are successful, it doesn't mean that you're not gonna be successful. It just may mean that it's just gonna take some time.
1: Awesome. And my last question for you is, One thing I learned about myself during this pandemic is.
2: One thing I learned is that my confidence is very fragile and I need to protect myself from anything and anyone that's going to break my confidence. Um, And although things come that may actually help me make me question my confidence, I can't let everything in, like every little thing can't break me down. And that is something because externally I'm an extrovert. So it seems like, oh, you're so confident, but in reality, I, it takes a lot, but I had to remind myself, like everything can't break you down, but you also have to protect yourself from things that may potentially break you down.
1: Absolutely. That community is important too. Mm-hmm. who you surround yourself with, who you let in your space and your personal yeah. space. Mm-hmm. So that is awesome. Well, Ernie, this has been a pleasure and I can't wait to have you back again. Yes,
2: <laughs> I can't wait to come back anytime. I'm always open. I love these conversations because they people can see a different side of, of who I am and not just what I post or what I share. I um, mean, those like instant 15 second videos, they can really get a deeper understanding of like the real stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely in those uh little snippet videos you have so much good information so if you were if you guys are not following our please do so um it's just great your service i'm just i, I have no words i'm, I'm speechless i'm, I'm speechless afraid. in a good way but thank this you has so been much. amazing thank you so much for your time Thank you. have you been feeling stressed or overwhelmed in your personal or professional life
2: you have no idea
1: I think you should register for the free Stress Solution Series to learn how to craft your personalized stress blueprint. Secure your spot at www.stresssolutionseries.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Between episodes, you can follow the Nurse Wellness Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Before you go, I would love to share a free mindfulness ebook with you. Go to stressblueprint.com backslash 35 and download your free copy. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best.
0: If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform, or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.